Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 22 on Abraham's response to God's command for him to sacrifice his son Isaac and how he was comforted on his long journey to Mount Moriah because Moriah means God will show me and the cross for us is our Moriah. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and also available on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. As we've been mentioning, that Tom Cantor is our Bible teacher, pastor, author, and also a scientist and CEO, as well as the owner and operator of the Creation and Earth History Museum. And as such, he's offering this month two resources available to you a DVD tour of the Creation Museum, as well as a Six Days of Creation with leading scientists and Bible teachers, including Tom Cantor. We can send that to you, as well as a book on the Ice Age and the Flood. These two resources are yours for a donation of $20 or more this month only on the Friendship with God radio program for your support, which helps keeps us broadcasting on this station in your city. Call us now at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, again, 800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org for more information. Now, here's Tom Cantor today in our teaching. So here's another acronym for you, FAITH, F-I-T-H. F, forsaking, A, all, I, I, T, take, H, him. This is really what what Abraham is being called to. Abraham, do you have faith? Are you willing to forsake all so that you can take him? Forsaking all, I take him. So the test in verse 1 is really a question about, Abraham, are you willing to forsake in order to take Jehovah Jesus? Is that what you're willing to do? So, so, and that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said you had to do in, in, in Luke 14, 33, what he said, likewise, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all, there's that word again, who forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So Abraham, willing to forsake all, which was all bound up in Isaac, that he had, he could be a disciple. Of, of Jehovah Jesus. And, 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 and we have to ask the question. You know, we read these things about Abraham, but really the application go back to us. We say, well, if we were in Abraham's shoes, what would we do? What would we do if we were called to this? It's, a, it's really a question when God, when you pick up the hymnal and say, okay, now turn to this hymn, and God asks you to sing some of these hymns. Do you really mean it? All for Jesus, all for Jesus, all my beings, ransom powers. All my thoughts and words and doings, all my days, all my hours, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. And God says, is that true? Is that really true? Are you really singing that? Or do you really mean that? So when God used this double emphasis, especially there, that only one of yours, God was saying to Abraham, Abraham, I know what you're thinking when you look at Isaac. When you look at Isaac, you see yourself. You see yourself you see the continuation of yourself. It's what the scripture calls the declaration of his generation. So Abraham, you're going to declare that you were here in your generation through Isaac, through Isaac. And so he sees, so Abraham looks at Isaac and he sees the declaration of his generation. He sees, he sees, he sees his life in Isaac. And so Abraham thought, boy, when he dies, I die. My declaration dies, I die. And Abraham's old at this point. And he knew that he was going to leave this world sooner than later, and he probably thought more sooner than later. 
And so it's very important for Abraham. He has a son. Finally, he has a son. He has the right son. He had another son, but anyway. He has the right son. And it's very important for him that Isaac live. He's going to declare his generation. So, and so Abraham's thought, I live in Isaac. I live through Isaac. If Isaac dies, I die. And God knew that. God knew that Abraham was thinking that. And so when, so when God was asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, God is asking Abraham, are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to die in Isaac? Because Abraham saw himself in Isaac. So in this progression, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, offer him. We see a progression here of Abraham being called by God to die to himself. It's a progression, really it's a process here of dying to himself. So how could he be willing to go through this massive death, uh, Abraham? And Abraham could be willing because Abraham knew, as we know, Abraham knew that he had a sinful self. He knew that. And, and, and Paul knew that. And Paul expressed that in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's why Paul went on further to call our Christian, or, or, to call our old sinful self an old man, an old man that's got to die. And, and, and he views himself, as Paul looks at himself, he says, you know, he says, I view myself as, as crucified with Christ, as he said in Galatians 2.20, but he also put it this way in Romans 6.6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, he died, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. That's why Paul said that those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are, who are his, have this central characteristic. There's a central characteristic, and, and they see themselves as having their flesh crucified with the affections and its lusts. As he said in Galatians 5.24, that they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affection and the lusts. And so Paul then, he sets forth himself as an example. He says, now look at me, everybody, Paul says, as Christians, and follow, follow me. Because when I look at the world, you know, Paul did, there wasn't Las Vegas when Paul did, but that's where it was. You know. So he's looking at the world as Las Vegas. You know, the epitome of the world was self-satisfying pleasures. Right? That's Las Vegas. And so he looks, he looks at that, and he looks at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he sees the world, and he sees all the glitter, and he sees the crucified Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, now I'm enabled to write across the world in my life, crucified, crucified. And so he says in Galatians 6, 14, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. It has no attraction for me. I don't respond to it because it's dead. I'm not attracted to a dead person. I don't respond to a dead person. Dude, there's something wrong with you. But, but, and, and so God said to Abraham in verse 2, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him. It's a process there, the crucifying process for Abraham. And that's what God wants to do for us. That's what God did for him. That's what he wants to do with us. It's our love of self. It's our love of self that gets us into trouble. It's our, it's our love of our sinful desires 
that gets us into trouble. You know, we say, sin? Oh, I hate sin. I want to turn away from it. But on the other hand, I kind of rather like the way it feels. And, and, and so self, it, it, that's what self does to us. It deceives us. And so self, it, it's like, and the question is, where is that self? Is that, that self can be for, in us like an idol. It can be like an idol that displaces God. And, and only as we die to that self, and that self dies to us, can, can God be enthroned on the throne of our hearts William Cowper put it so well when he, he wrote in this hymn that we have in him. It, it, it said, the dearest idol I have known, whate'er that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Okay, going on now, verse 2. Abraham hears God tell him to go to this land of Moriah. He says, Moriah. He says, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I'll tell thee of. So at first, this command to, comes to Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. It's very scary. It's very scary for Abraham. And, you know, and, and that was normal. I mean, you'd be scared too. I would. And, but, and so the question is, how is Abraham going to resolve being scared, the scariness, you know? How are you going to resolve being scared? Well, first of all, Abraham wanted to please God. And, 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 and so he resolved. You know, my friend John has a granddaughter, Chloe. She's five years old. And so John's daughter, Vanessa, uh, obviously the mother of Chloe, in case you figure that out. Anyway, So, you know, they, they go to Disneyland all the time. And, and so, they, in fact, they just went this last week. And Chloe, little Chloe, five years old, she, she goes only on the rides that she can see. You know, she can see the carousel. Okay, I'll go on that ride. She can see Dumble the Flying Elephant. He's like, oh, I'll go on that ride, right? But the rides that she can't see, like uh, Peter Pan, you know, where, where, you know, where you sit there and the door's open, you go, there's darkness in there. Or, you know, uh, the, the Mad Ted or T-Rod. I don't know, it's all these things, and I forgot. But anyway, <laughs> all these rides where you can't see inside, she won't go. No, she's afraid. And she said, so, well, Chloe, why won't you go on those rides? I can't see in there. So she'll go to the rides where it's all open, but she won't go inside the dark places, you know. Which I don't blame her. I don't like going in there either. Things come out of the dark in any way. But uh, one day was Chloe's birthday. No, no, no. was Vanessa's birthday. One day was Vanessa's birthday, and they were going to go to Disneyland. And so Chloe comes into the kitchen, and she says, Mommy, I'm going on all the rides, including Peter Pan and all those d- dark ones. And so her mother said to her, Chloe, you're always afraid to go in those rides. Why are you going in those scary rides now? And she said, because I want this to be the best birthday ever for you. <laughs> Five-year-old. <laughs> okay. Abraham, why are you going? It's so scary. Why, how are you going to think? Because you called me, and I want to make you happy. Same thing. So Abraham, he said, sacrifice my son Isaac. It sounds so scary. I said, how am I going to resolve this? Well, I've known God for all my life. And Abraham would say, well, not quite all his life, but he had a long time with God. And so he says now, he says to himself, now, how would I describe God? Would I describe God as a scary God? Does God, for all the time I've known God, would I say that God likes to scare me, likes to scare people? I've known God, and I know that he does not like to scare. It's not him. So he's called me 
to sacrifice Isaac. I will not let that scare me. Keep in mind that, that Isaac is watching Abraham because there's another person who should be scared about this command. <laughs> and Isaac is getting the crystallization of the, in his mind that he's the lamb. You know, he's, he's not stupid. And so if Isaac saw Abraham scared, then Isaac would have been scared. And, and, and you know, this, is a, this, this command comes to Abraham. It's like terrorizing. It's a terrorizing. I'm going to sacrifice my son. That brings terror to me. How's he going to resolve the issue of terror? Same thing. He says, there, he says sacrifice my son Isaac. That's terror. I feel terror. Would I describe God as a terrorizing God? Would I, would, would I, would I, is my description of God that he's a terrorist? No, the devil's a terrorist. The devil's a terrorist. Job said, the devil's a terrorist. In Job 18.4, he says, he says, talking about the person that goes to the devil, that's sent to hell, he says, his confidence shall be rooted out of his tabernacle, and it shall bring him to the king of terrors, it describes Satan as. And so, so Abraham says, is God an Al-Qaeda terrorist? He says, no. He says, for all the time I've known God, I would not call him a terrorist. He's not out to terrorize people, and so he's called me to sacrifice Isaac. I won't let that terrorize me. And keep in mind, again, Isaac is watching Abraham, and he's, he's, he's wondering, should I be terrorized? That's how Abraham was able to not be scared or afraid and not be terrorized. And Isaac's watching. And in the same way, when experience, when a loved one gets sick to near death, how are you going to not be scared? How are you not going to be terrorized? How are you not going to be afraid? You're going to go back in your mind, and you're going to ask the question, is God a scary God? Is that what he does? Is God like to terrorize? Is God like to make you afraid? He doesn't. And as Abraham, so Abraham hears this, hears God say this. Okay, then he says, then the next thing he hears is he's got to go to the land of Moriah. And he not only thinks, you know, like we said last time, Moriah, that's a long way from here. Boy, that's a three-day journey, you know. But he, he doesn't only think about how far it is, but then he thinks of the name Moriah. He says, what a Moriah. And when he thinks, he says, you know, Moriah is the, is the connection of two words. Two words are brought together. The last one, Yah is God, and more, more is like uh, to show or to point out. And so, so really this word Moriah means God will show or God will point out or God will reveal, however you like to think about it. And so the word Moriah means that. And so during those three days of his walking, and remember, now Abraham's a pensive person. He's walking and you can see percolation going on in his mind. This is percolating like coffee in his mind. He's thinking to himself, Moriah, Moriah. And he's walking these three days, and he says, God is going to show me something. I'm going to a place where God will show me something. I'm going to a place where God's going to point out something to me. I wonder what God is going to show me. I wonder what he's going to point out to me there. And with that name, Moriah, in his mind, we can see Abraham walking and saying along the way, this is going to be something special. This is going to be something very special for me. It's definitely going to be something I'll never forget. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on the Friendship with God radio program in just a moment. But if you're enjoying Tom Cantor's teaching here on Friendship with God as you're driving, listening at home, or downloading and listening to messages on the go, you're growing in the knowledge of God and your walk with God, and we want to encourage you to support this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching radio program so we can continue airing on your station in your city. If you're enjoying these messages and enjoying the teaching of the Old Testament from Tom Cantor, please become a monthly contributor and supporter of this Bible teaching radio program. Your monthly support can be a donation of any amount. So call us now or after the program 
to be a Friendship with God supporter at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so online at friendshipwithgod.org. Or again, call us at 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor. So Moriah, it really paints a picture for us. And because with the Moriah, Abraham's got a question. And he says, I have a choice. Abraham says, I have a choice. Am I going to go to the place where it says that God is going to show me, called Moriah? Or, I'm going to, or, or am I going to let God take me on this journey to the place where he's going to show me something wonderful? Because his name is wonderful. I have a choice of going to the place where God's going to point out something to me. So am I, am, I, am I really going to walk for these three days to the place where God's going to point out something wonderful to me? Am I willing to do that? In order to go there, the, the, the place, in order for, to, for him to have God point, reveal or point out something wonderful to Abraham, Abraham had to obey. Abraham had to go there. And so Moriah is a wonderful place for Abraham. Moriah is a place where Abraham's going to see something he never saw before. He's going, to, he's going to come to a new level of closeness or friendship with God, a deeper friendship with God. He is a place where Abraham's going to come to a new intimacy with God. And so for Abraham, going to Moriah is the next step. It's the next step in his life. It's a place where God wants to, I want to bring you, Abraham, next level, next level up, next level of revelation. And Moriah could only be reached by Abraham if he decided and stayed on that track for three days, if he didn't turn back for three days. And so if Abraham would have turned away from God and says, no, I can't do it. I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing to obey you. I'm not, that's over the top. I'm not going to sacrifice my son. I'm sorry. You want to ask for bulls or calves, I'll give you a thousands, but not Isaac. See, if he had said that, then Abraham never would have reached this place of Moriah this new blessing of seeing something wonderful. If Abraham would have turned away and said, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice him, God. Watch me. I'll protect him. I'm going to protect Isaac. That's what's in my heart. Then Abraham would have lived all of his life trying to protect Isaac from God. The you know, your biggest threat you have, Isaac, is God. He wants to kill you, so I'm going to protect you. So, and we have our Moriah places in our lives where God is calling us to. Like Abraham, God is calling us to the next Moriah step. He's calling us to a place where he wants to reveal something new to us, something wonderful, a new closeness with God, a new intimacy, a new friendship with God. And we can only reach that wonderful Moriah place if we're willing to go, like Abraham was. So when Abraham goes to Moriah, he's going to the place where God is going to show me something. And he did. Show him such a thing that when the Lord Jesus Christ said, Abraham saw my day, where did Abraham see the Lord Jesus Christ's day? On Moriah, where God showed him the, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, where God pointed out to him the day, where God revealed to him the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he never would have seen it. He never would have seen it if he said no. So the cross for us is our Moriah place. That's our Moriah place. When we go to the cross as our Moriah, that's the place where God, let me show you some things. Let me point these things out to us. When we go to to our Moriah, the cross, and and God points out to us the, the two greatest lessons that we can learn at the cross, and that is how great a sinner we are and how great a Savior he is. 
And then, and the atonement that he made for our souls. And we can never do that like Abraham unless we're willing to come to the cross and to say, Lord, I am a sinner. I need this remedy. I am looking at the brazen serpent that was raised up because I acknowledge that because of my sin, I'm dying from the snake's venom, which is already working in my body. Now, focus now. We're focused on verse 2. And if you think we're focused on verse 2, Abraham was really focused on verse (laughs) 2. He was focused on every word in verse 2. And right after Abraham hears God tell him that he has to go to the land of Moriah, he hears him say this. He says, I'll offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, he says, upon one of the mountains, which I'll tell thee of. He says, you know, well, you can imagine Abraham is big-eyed, you know, he's hearing this thing. And he's listening to everything God's telling him. You know, he's supposed to offer Isaac. And every detail is vitally important to Abraham. And so Abraham is first telling him to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there. And then Abraham hears God say something kind of frustrating. He says, well, it'll be on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you about when you get there. It sounds frustrating. And we could have thought, you know, Abraham, I'm supposed to offer my son as a burnt offering on a mountain in Moriah. And I can't even know which mountain I'm supposed to offer him on. I got to hear later. Now, why did God take the trouble of saying to him, it's going to be on one of the mountains? Well, obviously, it's going to be on one of the mountains, you know. But he's on one of the mountains, and I'll tell you about it later. That was very purposeful on God's part, to have the location of where this is going to happen be described as, eh, one of those mountains, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. But when Abraham heard this, upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of, then Abraham thought, wait a minute, I've heard that before from God. I remember when God first called me in Genesis 12:1, and it says there, and the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> and when Abraham heard God call him, in Genesis 20, this verse here, in verse 2, he says, upon one of the mountains I'll tell thee of, Abraham thinks to himself, I remember that's what God said. He said he's going to take me to a land that he's going to tell me of. And he thought, I remember that's, that was the first calling that I had from God. He's going to show me. And he could have said, he could have said all the way back then in Genesis 12, he said, what land? What do you mean? You want me to leave my country, my father's house? You won't even tell me where I'm going? He says, you won't even tell a land that I will show thee? Yeah, we got used car salespeople like that. <laughs> and, but God said, that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. That's the, the, and Abraham says, that's it. That's all I get. That's all I get. I don't know where I'm going. Just unto a land that I will show thee. And Abraham, because it would it be too much to ask, you know, for a little more detail, you know. So when Abraham obeyed God, which he did in Genesis 12, and he left her of the Chaldees, he was leaving to a land that I will show thee, God said. Abraham, and what happened by that was that God was bringing Abraham to a place where he's going to say, Abraham, you can't be in it for the land because I'm not even tell you where the land is. <laughs> so you've got to be in it for God. You've got to be in it for God. And it wasn't the land that was making Abraham want to obey God and, and go to Ur of the Chaldees. It was Abraham was going with God, and Abraham would be with God. And he was going to be, I didn't know where that land's going to be, but whatever it is, he's going to be with God in that land. And that's the reason why Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees. You know, Abraham, Abraham wasn't sitting there saying, well, let's see now. I think I know the land he's talking about. You know what? I need a new land. You know, it's a, this is a better land. You know, this land here is too crowded over here after all. It's been overworked, you know. It's not enough water. It's not, you know, it's, it's, God could have said milk and honey. I like milk and honey. I like that. 
but he didn't. He didn't tell Abraham it was going to be milk and honey. He might, he, he might have fell in love with the milk and honey. Told, <laughs> told his descendants that. So he just says, I'll just come to a land that I will show thee. And he's preventing Abraham from coming to God for what he could get, the land. To, when, it, when God says to Abraham, to a land that I'll show thee, God is standing in between Abraham and this land. And he's saying, only if you want me do you get the land. I'm not a land dealer, God says. <laughs> and I'm not a real estate. But anyway, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you about this land because I'm off, what I'm really offering you, I'm offering you myself, God says. I'm offering you God. Just another terrific message by Tom Cantor today on the Friendship with God radio program, teaching us how Mariah pictured the cross, or Calvary, where Jesus Christ died for our sins and made an atonement for our souls. Now, if you're enjoying the Friendship with God radio program, we want to let you know that these messages are all made available for free listening and free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org are also available free on iTunes.com. So you can listen to Tom Cantor anytime you want and the Friendship with God radio program and continue to develop that walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and friendship with God. And we'd like to encourage you to support this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching radio program. We've got two great resources to encourage you to support the Friendship with God radio program this month. A DVD tour of the Creation Museum here that Tom Cantor owns and operates in San Diego, California. And on this DVD, leading creation scientists and Bible teachers, including Tom Cantor, cover the six days of creation, including the seventh when God rested. We'll also include a second resource, a book on the Ice Age and the Flood that will show you how the Bible and science explain the Ice Age. These two great resources will help you take a journey through time. Get them today for your support of this Bible teaching radio program by calling 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. For more information, go online to friendshipwithgod.org.